This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T for free bet today. All right, DJs, welcome back to the Golf Gaming Podcast. If you hear me doing the ad reads at the top of the show, I'm riding solo tonight. Boston Capper cannot be here tonight. Don't worry, he's okay. Uh, he will be here tomorrow night to help break down, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the rest of the betting card. Uh, but tonight, uh, I think it might be good that I'm solo anyways, because this is going to be a tournament, the Zozo Championship, where we have only seen the golf course twice. It's on in the dead of night. So chances are you probably haven't seen a whole lot with your eyeballs anyways. And most importantly, there's no strokes gain data to rely on. And anytime there is no strokes gain data to rely on, everybody flips out. Well, I'm going to hold your hand tonight. I did a little deep dive on it. You don't need strokes gain in order to understand a golf course. Now I'm going to break it down for you, and I'm going to show you what I like you know, about it and uh, what I'm going to be uh, using to handicap this week. Before I get to that, a uh, quick recap of the Shriners. Uh, you know, solid week for me. Uh, even though I didn't have the outright, I was not on the community Tom Kim uh, bets. I had basically, and I talked about this on the betting show, I had one of two choices, a fork in the road. Do I just stick to how the trends have gone of just top of the board? They have been winning. They've been hitting. Just keep riding that. Maybe only take two or three or try and find value. And I took the second route and, you know, that's how it happens. Like, I'm not going to beat myself up for it for card construction. And there's nothing that it's not like I didn't like Tom Kim. I had him in a uh, uh, made cup parlay. I cashed, uh, had a bunch of other stuff, uh, positionals, cash and everything like that. So that's a good week for me. Just didn't have the outright. It's okay. But I think I learned, um, especially when you have a couple of the big guns, like we're going to see this week. Don't get too cute. If you really like a guy down the board, 50, 60 to one, spend positional. You can always bet him later. Get a couple of the big favorites on your card. I think this has just been a phenomenon for the last year, ever since Liv. And, you know, like even last week, a lot of guys, you know, who have gone to live, you know, played the Shriners before. And I know they're not playing all that good, but, you know, if Bryson's in the field last week, if Abraham answers in the field last week, if Patrick Reed's in the field last week, you know, suddenly, Tom Kim, who started out that we get 30 to one and created all the way down to about the 20, which not really a great price for him. Um, if those guys are in the field, he's probably capping up around 30, 35 to one. And suddenly there's value. And, and it's harder and harder to be kind of, to find value as these fields get much shallower. So I think you just need to make the adjustment. I think we need to just accept that you're not going to find value. I mean, really, the only value I found last week was, was Mita Pereira in hindsight. It was a good bet but it just didn't work out for him. Yo, Hoagie was kind of a good value too, but, you know, my, the Bazain Hoots or the Griots and all this stuff I kind of dabble with, I, I need to just, I think I'm going to leave those more for positionals. If I want to bet them later, I can always bet them later. Um, and that's going to formulate a lot of my betting card that I'll talk about tomorrow. So uh, before we start breaking down uh, the golf course, uh, you know, Accordia National at uh, Narashino, why don't we take a quick break? Let's talk about win bet. Now, are thinking about joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time for new customers to bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus to up to $1,000. Look, enjoy WinBet biggest winners clubs. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. 
Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000, plus they got a free $1,000 bet. WinBet truly is for hashtags, DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Let's quickly summarize my preview column where I went pretty deep on this golf course. Uh, just to touch on the field real quick, um, you know, pretty top heavy. It, I mean, it, it's, it's a good field. This is essentially kind of like a watered down WGC. Um, I think there's like 80 guys in the field. About 20 of them are, um, I think, tournament invites for some Japanese players, maybe on the, you know, the Japan tour like rankings list. And then, you know, probably about just thinking about like, you know, DraftKings wise, probably once you get below like 7,500 bucks, field kind of gets kind of weak. But there's a lot of really solid players in the field. So, you know, just top of the board, you got, you know, Xander Shoffley, he's under 10 to 1. You got Hideki Matsuyama, you got Morikawa, Hovland, uh, Sungjae, who I think everybody is going to be betting this week. Uh, we will see if I get there on the outright. I'll try and squeeze something on him at least. You get at least a little share. You got last week's defending champion, Tom Kim. Cam Young, uh, he makes his PG Tour debut uh, this year. So a lot of really good names up at the top of the board. I like a few of those guys. We'll talk about them uh, tonight. Uh, but let's get to the golf course first. So so the Narashino Country Club. So it's located just outside Tokyo. Uh, opened in 1965 at just the height of the Japanese golf boom. And after World War II, Japan was looking a lot of ways that they needed to recover economically because the country was just, you know, they spent so much on the military. They were broke. Uh, all the infrastructure was just bombed out. So what they needed to do, though, is they wanted to attract Western business. And one of the ways they figured that they can attract businesses and businessmen to come over to Japan is through golf. And they ended up creating a ton of golf courses. So between 1958 and 1979, almost 1,300 golf courses were built in Japan, just like Literally everywhere. Like if, if you go to Google Earth and, you know, kind of like just roam around Tokyo, you're not going to get more than a couple of like miles without like, you know, just golf course, golf course, golf course. They're, they're, they're everywhere. And there's a very distinct design, especially with a lot of these Japanese golf courses uh, right outside the cities. You know, basically the point of golf in Japan is it's like I just mentioned, it's for business. But it's also as a good stress reliever. You know, Japan's one of the highest stressed uh, populations in, in the world. Um, but golf is a really good outlet for them, especially, you know, people who work really hard during the day. And they create a lot of these golf courses where you're just in nature. There's thick walls of trees. You, you can't even see like the, you know, surrounding urban sprawl. You're just in nature. You're at peace. You know, everything is kumbaya. And that's what Narashino is. Uh, it's a very tight tree-lined Parklands golf course, a lot of dog legs, um, you know, so you don't really see anything outside of it other than the hole. Your, your, no, fair, your focus is very narrowed when you're looking off the tee or at your approach shots. Um, and it's also, you know, constructed this way to protect the golf course too. It's, it's, it's not very – I don't think it's possible to overpower the place by, you know, like hitting over – the trees. Now you can hit a lot of drivers as they'll get to later. But as far as like shortcuts, you're basically playing it straight. Um, 
you know, another, it's got another prominent feature of Japanese golf of the uh, the double green system. Basically, again, to remote just more rounds per year is they each hole at Narashino and a lot of golf courses in Japan have two greens. One is a summer species of grass, you know, to play in the summer, usually a Bermuda, uh, and the other is bent grass. And based on the temperatures and the time of year, they have switching which green you use. So now that we're in October, the weather's starting to get cooler. Uh, the bent grass will start to thrive. The marina's starting to go dormant a little bit. Uh, they're going to be using the bent grass greens. And these greens are, uh, they are they're pretty tricky. You know, I, I, I remember last year, Hideki Matsuyama, after his round, after he won the Zozo, he compared these greens to Augusta National. You know, slick, bent grass greens. And this kind of is the Augusta National of Japan. So that's might be a reason why Tigers won and Hideki's won. Um, so basically, you know, it's it, it's really it's a really high quality golf course, excellent condition. I think a couple of years ago I posted a uh, a video of uh, how the the superintendents take care of it. Like they're, they're plucking out POA strands, like out of the, out of the greens, like by hand, it's just, everything is just top notch at this place. It's, it's a solid golf course. Um, you know, it's definitely one where it's plotters positional. Um, and it just, it's, it's, it's a good test of golf. And we've seen it with scores here that, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to card a library. So while I get to some bang strategies right now, and then we'll start going over the, you know, DFS and, uh, you know, maybe some outrights I got. So, like I mentioned at the top of the show, there is no strokes gain data to rely on. And that is usually just freak out. I mean, everybody uses their models with strokes gain. And now you got to use stuff like greens of regulation or drive accuracy, kind of figure it out, like, what this golf course is all about. Well, why tell you what this golf course is all about? Let's just look at these last two tournaments. And I look at Google Earth and... um you know, we'll give you something good. So last year, let's talk about last year's tournament first. 2021, weather was awful. It was cold. It was windy. It was blustery. I think the remnants of a typhoon rolled in. Um, so they actually shortened the golf course a little bit to just over 7,000 yards long. Uh, I think in 2019, it was a little over 7,100 yards. Um, you know, probably by choice, like I mentioned, uh, because the ball wasn't flying very far at all. Uh, the turf was really soft. No one was getting a lot of rollout, um, you know, on their drives. It had to play a little shorter, but it's not, a, it's, it's a par 70. So par 70 between like 7,050 yards, 7,100 yards, it probably this year, probably going to go closer to 7,100 yards. I think with the weather conditions, what's to be expected. I don't think it's going to be Thursday looks dicey. I know they've had a lot of rain leading in. Like if you watched the F1 race last weekend, just buckets of rain dumped all over, you know, all over Japan. We're going to get some rain on Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe a slight chance of showers. The golf course might dry out a little bit. Temperatures start to warm up a little bit. Now it's like, you know, low 70s. It's not like last week at the Shires where the ball is just exploding off the club face on an elevation. You're basically at sea level in low 70s. So, you know, it's, it's, the ball's not going to go flying, but it's probably going to allow them to stretch the tournament out a little bit. But it's not your traditional par 70. Um, <clears throat> the golf course has only three par fives. Uh, one of them is going to play over 600 yards long, and that's a tough driving hole. I think it's hole number six. Basically, it's it's a, it's a 90 degree hole where uh, down the left, if you just you know, basically you're when you're looking at the tee, all the way down the right, there's a giant lake that is just hugging the entire right side of the fairway. 
uh, to carry it. I think it's like 290. You cut the corner uh, if you really get it. Or you could try and bail it left, but there's three bunkers right there. There's a fairway. If you run it through, you're in there, and then you got no chance to go through it too. And that's a really long approach. I'd have to, so that's a really tough uh, tee shot. Um, there's another par five that pays about 580 yards. Another one's very reasonable, like 540. Uh, there's five par threes, though. Uh, last year, none of them played over 190 yards. Now, that probably was weather-induced. I think one of them in 2019 played uh, just at 20 yards. But a lot of these are kind of shorter par, par threes, you know, like 150, 160, you know, 180 yards, you know, a lot of mid-irons, a lot of, you know, short irons. Like, you're not hitting, you're not seeing, like, you know, the, the Tom Fazio 225-yard par three. None of that here. It's it's a lot of testing of just your mid-irons on those par threes. Uh, and then the par fours, um, some of them, you know, a couple of them are under 400 yards, but none of them are drivable, though, just based on the position of the holes and where the trees are. Like, you basically have to, you know, either hit less than driver, stay short of the bunker, you know, have like 140 yards in, or, um, you know, maybe just a wedge. And then the other half, the other five, play over 480. And depending on wind, depending on how soft the turf is, you're hitting driver usually on these on these holes, but you're having a long approach. I think a couple of the par fours in 2018. I'll get to the proximity stats later. Um, I used Tiger's final round as a as a baseline of what clubs he was using, and he had over 200 yards in a couple of those holes on those par fours. So, you know, even though it's 7,000 yards, it doesn't sound all that long because it's only three par fives, and you got pot five par threes. You know, it's really more like you know, let's take a par three and turn into a par four. You know, it's basically 7,300 yards at that point. So it's a longer golf course than I think people want to give it credit for. I think people might make the same thing. Oh, 7,000 yards real short. It, it isn't. It's only because they got the extra par five or par three and you have one less par five. So as far as agronomy goes, uh, while well, I mentioned earlier, greens and bent grass, fairs are zoysia though. And there's only a handful of tournaments that we've seen this combination of Zoysia fairways and bentgrass. And we've seen Zoysia fairways, but Bermuda greens, you know, that's it, like Southwind or East Lake. So uh, I know with Zoysia, uh, the ball kind of sits a little funny um, up on the turf. It kind of pops up a little bit. Uh, if you're a picker, like, you know, me, I, I tend to pick the ball, which is why I'm a double digit handicap. Uh, you like Zoysia. You know, you want the ball to be up a little bit because you want to, you know, just a fraction of just, you know, the ability to just get on the ball a little bit. Uh, some guys don't like that, especially guys who hit down the ball. You know, they like, they prefer like a Bermuda kind of lays flat. So, but for those who kind of like it sitting up, you know, this is a good surface for them. Uh, you know, Zoysia fairways are seen, you know, we saw it Southwind. Uh, we saw it at uh, East Lake. It's also a very popular turf grass in Texas. Uh, and I'll get to that a little bit as far as like, you know, Looking at past leaderboards, some things I notice. I notice a little bit of a Texas uh, crossover. But as far as some golf courses that use Zoysia Fairways, Bentgrass Greens, you had TPC Craig Ranch, uh, Kasumi Gaseki Country Club, that was a 2020 Olympics, also in Japan, and Bellary Country Club, 2018 PGA Championship. So I mean, that, that's a really small sample size uh, to use. Uh, but if you feel so inclined to look at those golf courses, uh, you can. Now let's get to some stats about the Zozo. Uh, like I mentioned, no strokes gain, but there's rudimentary sets. You got drive accuracy, you got green regulation, you got awesome. So let's go one by one through, I, I put in my article six kind of, I guess, key stats that kind of show you just how each term it was. So why don't we start with drive accuracy? Cause we don't have driving distance. There was no shot, shot length data. We can tell, you know, basically how these guys drove the ball. 
2021, part probably because of bad weather, um, the field average, the field average for driving accuracy was only 53%. That is well below PG2 average. But in 2019, it was only about 55%. You know, the PG2 average was about 60%. And that's kind of the nature of this golf course in that it's really narrow. You know, everything's on front of you, but it's narrow. It's hard to hit fairways. But you're hitting driver a whole lot. It's not like you're just, you know, laying up with three woods or irons and everything, you know, you know, a little more accurate clubs. You got to hit driver in order to get in the best position on a lot of these holes that they'll get to a little later. So the field drive, people, they struggle to find fairways. Um, as far as green regulation goes, uh, in 2019, it was a little easier scoring conditions that year, a little better weather. They hit about 68%. That's a little above uh, PG Tour average, about 66%. But last year, 61.1%. Now, that is definitely weather-induced. Uh, the weather last year was just terrible. That's what kept that green regulation rate round uh, down. I expect, based on the weather I'm seeing so far, Thursday might be kind of rough, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think the green regulation rate is going to be a little closer to the 2019 clip. So I think we're probably going to see scoring a little better. Um, as far as scrambling goes, you know, nothing really to see here. In 2021, guys got up and down about 60% of the time. It's a little above average. 2019 is about 58.7%. That's I don't really see a whole lot there uh, to really uh, – Breakdown. Um, same thing with like three putt avoidance uh, in 2021. Uh, only about 2.9 percent of all uh, attempts in the green end up in three putt. That's PG Tour average, and it was less than that in 2018. So, seems like um, these are a little easier greens maybe to to putt on, uh, even though their bent grass are kind of slick. Uh, if you get a guy who's really comfortable putting on, you know, kind of faster bent grass surfaces. Maybe this is good for them. Uh, how about scoring? How about scoring though? So how about birdies and bogeys? So 2021, like I mentioned, I think Hideki had the winning score of minus 15. Uh, really, really low birdie rates. Um, only 17.2% of the holes uh, had birdies or better. Um, par five scoring was way down. Uh, you know, guys are only getting a birdie or better. On the par fives last year, 38.5%. That's about five percentage points less than PGA Tour average. It was the same thing in 2019, though. That was better weather condition. I think that kind of goes to show that like these par fives are not easy to get at and score on. Um, I just mentioned that the one that's 600 yards. A lot of trouble in that hole. Uh, the other one that's 580, it's positional. If you're out of position, you know, in the tree swing, you're hacking out. Uh, you got a long approach for your third. Um, and then on the par fours, um, while in 2019 it wasn't quite as bad, it still was below PG Tour average as far as getting birdies. And tw- last year's is death. You know, it, you, basically only about one in eight par fours you're getting a birdie. Uh, if there is a place that it seems like you could have attacked the golf course, at least scoring wise, it's in the par threes um, because they're not quite as long. So their birdie or better rates are actually a little higher than average than the PG Tour. So. And so think about that. So if you get guys who probably are pretty good with their mid irons, you know, pretty good sticking like a 170, 175 yard, 180 yard shot pretty close and then convert in the putt. Well, you got five of those on this golf course this week. That's pretty good. Five shots where you can get a good bird, you know, have a little bit of edge on the field. That's good. And then bogey avoidance. Now, obviously last year, a lot of bogeys uh, because of the weather. Higher than average, higher than PG Tour average. In 2019, though, it was lower in PG2 average. So I guess what I'm saying with this golf course is that generally low birdie rates, lower than PG2 average, 
But if the weather conditions are okay, you're not really making a whole lot of bogeys either. It's a lot of pars. And that just kind of speaks to the nature of this golf course. Plotting, positional, consistency, don't get in trouble. Take advantage of it when you can. But be smart. Have good ball striking. And then you can do well. So, all right, let's go to, like, you know, what types of shots these guys are hitting. So, again, like I mentioned earlier, you have Tiger's final round in 2019. He's a very conservative player. Like, a lot, you know, I think we've criticized him a lot um, in past years for kind of, you know, taking less than driver off the tee when he should take taken, you know, driver, been a little aggressive. Well, even in a tighter, claustrophobic golf course, you know, he... On the 13 par fours and fives at, at Narashino, hit eight drivers. And it's because everything's out in front of you, so you might as well just hit a driver, you know, just straight out ahead. I got to hit it long and straight. You know, you got to drive it well here. Um, you know, the driving accuracy rates are low, like I mentioned. So if you're gaining a lot of fairways, that's pretty good. But, <clears throat> at you know, this is the longer golf course than advertised. You know, it's, you're going to have to hit driver. You can't avoid it. It's a lot more heavier driver golf course than I think he gives you credit for. How about some approach shots? So I took his final round, and this uh, and this further drives home the fact that this is a longer golf course, not just because of the layout, but also if it's really soft conditions, the ball's not going to roll off far. If you're not hitting fairways, it's going to stop in the rough too. You're going to get a lot, of, a lot of longer approach shots. So Tiger's final round, he had one shot less than 125 yards the entire round. I think that was one of the par fours that was like 370 yards, you know, like a foot wedge. They have four shots between 125 and 150. Okay, you know, like a full wedge. You know, that's that's okay. And five shots between 150 and 175, four shots between 175 and 200, and six shots 200 plus. And the six shots 200 plus, that's three of them are par fives. So he had three shots in the par fours that were over 300 yards. So, you know, and, and while... And the golf course definitely played a lot longer last year. It was so cold. Now, it's not going to be quite as cold, but I think 2018 is probably a good uh, jumping off point to kind of see the type of shots are going to hit. Yeah, I, I, I count 14 shots that these guys are going to have to hit a club over 150 yards. So it's going to be a test of mid-irons, long irons. Uh, even though it's a shorter golf course, it's not a wedge fest. It's... And especially if they get a lot of rain on Thursday and it's been raining all fall. They got a couple of typhoons. They had the rain last weekend. I think it's going to play soft. I think it's going to play slow. I, it, it's going to be long. It, it's going to be long approach shots this week, guys. So, so that's that. And then the last thing I had in the, uh, in the, uh, the preview was uh, the relative skill set chart from data golf. I uh, kind of just shows you what types of, attributes tended to favor this golf course in the last two tournaments. No surprise based on what, what I just talked about, who tended to have a little bit of an edge. So we just talked about it's a little longer golf course than you know you have a credit for. Guys who tend to be longer tend to do a little better. So as far as some other stuff too, uh, there seems to be a, a little bit of an edge. There's having good scrambling. That might be because of more longer approach shots in the greens. There's a higher miss green regulation rate. Um, you know, it's also probably driven a lot too, because the weather was so bad, um, last year at, uh, Narashino, that just low green regulation race for the field. You had to get up and down, 
But even the 2019 one that I talked about, where the winning score was 19 under, you know, it's, I think the median average score is like maybe three under for the old tournament. Like there was a lot of really good scramblers, you know, at least guys who ranked pretty well that year in starts getting around the green. Yeah. Hideki was fifth in 29 in, um, well, that year would have been 2019, 2020. Charles Howell, the third, he finished his top 20. He was 11th that year. Ben, Ben on 14th. Justin Thomas finished 18th. Patrick Reed was a tie of top of that leaderboard. Daniel Berger finished inside the top 20. Xander finished, um, Top 10, Shane Lowry, Keegan, Rory, Billy Horschel, all those guys finished inside the top 70 in strokes game around the green uh, in the season that they end up playing at Narashina. Uh, you know, then now there's a couple of really bad scramblers, um, you know, guys around the green uh, up towards the top. You have Paul Casey, Gary Woodland, Corey Connors, but all of them are elite, were elite iron players. So they got to reduce how many times they had to get up and down. Um, and speaking of iron players, you know, it, it says according to the skill set chart that doesn't really favor, not, not favor, but doesn't seem like there's as big of a correlation between a really good iron player here and then the average PGA Tour up. But I, I think this leaderboard kind of proves otherwise. I mean, Tiger Woods won in 2019. He's considered one of the best iron players on the planet. Uh, last year, Hideki won. Tremendous with his irons. And then the, the rest of the 2019, uh, leaderboard, which is literally just who's who's the guys are just great ball strikers. You know, Rory, Sungjae, Woodland, Corey Connors, Ben on Xander Shoffley, Keegan Bradley, Shane Lowry, Justin Thomas, Paul Casey, all of them just awesome with their irons. And then the trend continued last year too, even with some lesser names, but Hideki won. Cameron Tringali had an awesome year with his irons last year. Brendan Steele, usually really a ball striker. Sebastian Munoz, his irons really good last year. Ty Fleetwood had one of the better iron years of his entire career last year. Egan Bradley again. Luke List, that's all he can do is basically, you know, hit iron shots. More Cowell finished top 10. A lot of really good iron players too. So even though it says, you know, sure, there, you know, there's your Mackenzie Hughes every now and then or Patrick Reed, but, you know, with a no-nonsense golf course that's really out in front of you, really good iron play I think is going to come, you know, in handy, especially from over 150 yards. I think that's how you might be able to, like, separate the guys who look good in the strokes and categories but aren't quite as good as some of these, you know, these uh, scoring buckets. Uh, and then lastly, there really isn't a big correlation between how well you putt coming in and how you do in the tournament, at least, you know, on the leaderboard. For every Patrick Reed or Ian Poulter or Gary Woodler or Mackenzie Hughes or Billy Horschel or Sungjae, there was a Hideki, there was a Connors, there was Ben On, there was a Keegan, there was a Ryan Palmer to offset it. So... Not really looking a whole lot of putting other than maybe like seeing if you're a really bad putter, you tend to putt better on bent grass or considering that these greens tend to have a little bit of a comp of Augusta National. Are you pretty good at Augusta National putting on those greens? Um, but otherwise, though, this isn't really going to be a contest who rolls the rock the best. Unlike, you know, last week or maybe at the Sanderson. This is going to be a true test of golf, guys. All right, let's take another break. Let's talk about Fubo TV. So if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage in co of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K, no extra charge. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract or commitment, so you can cancel anytime. But I guarantee you, you're gonna love Fubo.com so much, you're not gonna need to do that. So right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 50% off your first month. So go to fubotv.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. And lastly, let's talk about odds traders. So what is odds trader? Well, odds trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. 
You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Got everything you can need. Handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, player stats, team stats, everything you need to make the best decision possible for your betting card. So go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Get started today. That's oddstrader. The number one site for all your game day bets. All right. So that's a case of the preview. That was a little longer than probably what I thought it was going to be, but I, I wanted to go into detail and kind of reinforce what I think is important this week because you're not going to be able to do it just with a simple model this week. You're going to have to kind of be creative and, you know, think about outside the box maybe. So why don't we just break down quickly where things stand a little bit in DFS. So let's start right at the top. So over $10,000, you have Xander Shoffley at 10 8 uh, Hideki Matsuyama at 10 4 Kyle Morikow at 10 2 Sung J.M. at 10000 Now, all these guys seem like they're going to be pretty popular. You know, probably the least popular, probably Hideki, because uh, he hadn't played all that great lately. I mean, he went, what, like one in, maybe one and a half and three and a half in the President's Cup, or one in three, maybe? I, I forget. He didn't. Whatever he did, he cashed the under bet for me. So he didn't do great in the President's Cup. Uh, but Xander, Morikawa, Sungjae, all tracking right now to probably be above 20%. So I expect probably Sungjae to garner the most ownership this week. Um, coming off a great showing at the Shriners. Hit the ball great. Has played well this tournament before. Um probably that's just what people are going to go to. But uh, the guy I like, I think the most, and, and there's nothing wrong with Sungjae, uh, other than the fact that maybe a certain somebody picked him this week. But there's nothing wrong with him. He's got you know more length off the team than you think. He's going to hit a lot of fairways. Um, scores really well between 150 and 200 yards and 200 plus. Uh, really good bankers. Uh, uh, putter scores really well on the par threes probably because he's such a great iron player from those ranges. There's a lot to like, but I I, I like Morikawa this week. Um, I think that's going to be my guy at the top of the board at 10-2. So coming into, or or, um, at the end of last season, he was starting to hit the ball really, really good. Uh, At the Tour Championship, he gained about two and a half strokes with ball striking. Uh, The FedEx St. Jude, he gained about one and a half strokes per round the ball striking. Uh, FedEx, uh, you know, it, you know, at FedEx and the Tour Championship, he hit really well his iron shots off of Zoysia. And we've seen with Morikawa, you know, and, and you know, a lot of these performances that you know, for the year, like, you know, Tour Championship, T21, well, he putt terribly. Open Championship, he putt terribly. Uh, BMW, he putt terribly. But sometimes you get him on these, you know, a little bit trickier, undulated, faster grass surfaces, and he tends to turn it around. You know, U.S. Open at Brookline. Getting strokes in the field putting that week. Uh, Masters, fifth. Getting strokes putting that week. He was fifth at the U.S. Open, too. Uh, Riviera, he put really well there this year. Uh, I know it's POA, but, you know, faster green, you know, a little bit quicker greens, a little bit tougher greens. Uh, CJ Cup last year, the Tom Fazio, Bentgrass greens, he gained a lot there. Always gains at a place like, um, you know, Murfield Village, usually the putter. Uh, last year in Japan for the Olympics, gained shows putting in the week too. So 
I, I guess I'm making the forecast. I, I think he's going to put, I think the putter shows up this week. Uh, and if it doesn't, then I'm probably losing my bet here uh, or, you know, sinking my DFS chances. But I, I like more this week. And another reason I like him too is I think the wave, I think the forecast is shaking up to be not quite as bad as what and looked like he was going to be. Now, Thursday, he's going to stink. And, and, and the, the knock on Morikawa is in bad weather, you tend to shy away from him. We saw the U.S. Open, like Thursday, Friday, really calm conditions. His ball striking just took over. Saturday, the wind kicked up, and he, what did he shoot, like 78 that day? Cratered down the leaderboard. And all of a sudden on Sunday, uh, before the wind kicked up in the afternoon again, he climbed up the leaderboard and he finished T5. So I think, you know, it, the weather looks like at least Friday through Sunday, relatively not a whole lot of winds. He'll have to deal with some rain looks like on Thursday, but look at his, like, you know, his uh, iron stats from all these ranges from 150 to 200. One of the leaders in the field, uh, he gains about 0.8 strokes per round or he gets about 0.8 strokes per round. If he had a round of all 150, 200 yard shots, he would gain about 0.8 on the field. And, but over 200, though, one of the leaders scores tremendously on shots over 200 yards, too, at least, you know, from that point on. Really does really well on the par threes. I, I That's my guy this week. I, I love Morikawa this week. Uh, so 10-2, that's probably where I'm going with DFS. Um, we'll see if I get there in the betting card, though. His odds are a little high. All right, 9,000 hour range. Let's talk with Victor Hoblin for a little, little bit. And you haven't really seen him unless you've gotten up early. Uh, to watch uh, some of your, you know, the DB World Tour coverage. So what's he been up to? Well, two tournaments ago, he finished T5 at the BMW, of excellent field. I think that was one by Shane Lowry. Hit the ball great. Gained over two strokes per round with the approach shots. Putt pretty well, too. Uh, things didn't really go all that great. The Italian Open, he lost strokes with the approach shots, whatever. Uh, you know, that's going to happen sometimes with him. Overall, I'm not concerned at all about the ball striking stuff with Hoblin. The one thing that I want to note with him, though, is that we've been talking about all year how bad he is around the game. Well, it actually looks like possibly it's getting a little better for, for Hoblin around the greens. So he has gained around the green in four of his last six tournaments. Um, he's up about 0.12 strokes per round around the green uh, over his last 50 rounds than he was two months ago. So there's definitely improvement. In fact, over his last 12 rounds, he's actually showing the net positive now. Uh, he's always been a really good bankrupt putter. Scores pretty well on the par threes. Now, his scoring stats and all these proximity um, stuff is probably muted a little bit because if he does hit a green, he's been less just a liability. He can't you know, get up and down or convert or hit that birdie. Um, but if the scrambling is starting to come back for him, I think those scoring numbers are going to come up a little bit. Uh, I should also note, too, that, you know, he, this is narrative street, but in Oklahoma State, a lot of golf courses that the Oklahoma State team played on were Zoysia Fairways, Bentgrass Greens. So he's going to be comfortable hitting off these approach shots off this turf, comfortable putting on Bentgrass. I like him a lot. And then Corey Connors, too. So Corey Connors has not had a great start to uh, his season. Uh, he missed the cut at the Fortnite. Uh, did not play well at all. Uh, pretty bad at the President's Cup, too. Uh, I just, I, I think he's going to turn around this week. I, I think getting into this type of golf course where you can just kind of get back to being Corey Connors, hitting fairways, sticking approach shots between 150 and 200 yards and scoring on them. 
being really good from 200 plus. And maybe just maybe because kind of like with Hovland, he kind of is his own worst enemy sometimes. Despite the fact he's an excellent ball striker, he just can't really make a putt. Well, you know, he putts really well at Augusta National. So, you know, maybe there is something to putting him on uh, these type of greens where it's going to kind of wake him up. Um, I also know that, you know, like, uh, there's he's got a couple decent uh, performances on bent over the last year or so. I uh, gained at uh, TBC Potomac. I believe... Uh, where they played the Canadian Open, had just switched to Bentgrass. I gained strokes there, gained strokes at Shriners last year. So it is possible that maybe we get a decent putting performance or acceptable one at least at a golf course where we've seen Hideki Matsuyama just, you know, end up winning despite showing no form of the putter. Maybe I like him. And, and his pop, and I think he's popular this week at DFS, but I think it might be good shock. I, I think he's going to be okay this week. All right. Under $9,000, I, I, there's a lot of guys to love. There, you know, there's a lot of really popular guys in this range. Uh, it looks like, where did my ownership go? Okay, there it is. So, Keegan, probably going to be uber chalk Keegan. Uh, that has tended to not work out very well for backers with Keegan. Probably in DFS, I would stay away. You want to bet him outright, whatever. Um, you know, the price... There's a couple of decent prices out there if you want to jump on it. But for DFS, if he's going to be 20 plus, I know he's been really good here. Yeah, I, I almost think I'd rather go to Siwoo, who's playing really good right now. Uh, the ball striking stats are kind of are starting to come back for him a little bit. Also scores really well on between 150 and 200 and 200 plus. Now, again, his putting numbers stink overall, but he tends to be pretty good on bentgrass, scores decently on par threes. I like him. Uh, another chalky guy in this range, probably Tom Hogan, Cam Davis. I got a little bit of concerns about them though. Start with Tom Hoagie. So this is, if this is going to play a little longer, he is not quite as good from longer range, you know, at least scoring, converting on these holes. And he is from closer range. Kind of like we saw last week at Shriners, a lot more shorter approach. This is going to be a little bit more long game for him. And he played okay back in 2019. Maybe the fact that it's going to be similar weather conditions, he can kind of turn around, but at the ownership though, I don't love it. Uh, and then same thing with Cam Davis. Like it, again, like a lot of things that we liked about Cam Davis last week applies again this week. You know, he's long off the tee. Uh, you know, that helps. That's going to help in a place like this. Uh, really good in the proximity stats um, and scoring on that too. But I mean, his last two tournaments, I know he, he played well at the president's cup, but his last two tournaments, at least on paper has not hit his irons all that great. In fact, he's 17%. People are just going back to him. I don't know how much I love that. But I think there's a couple other decent, you know, maybe some pivot plays down in the lower end of the eight thousand dollar range. You like, you know, Mad McNeely played well last week. That's a guy who's actually a pretty underrated scorer from 150, 200, 200 plus because he's such a great putter, especially on that grass. Um, also scores really well on par threes. He tends to do really well from, you know, between like the one seventy five to two hundred yard range. Um, you know, at least on the field. Uh, yeah, Mito is gonna be popular. I, 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 you know. I think that he might be okay this week. Uh, Scott Stallings, I think the only knock on him is that he's not quite as good from 150 to 200, but he's pretty good over 200, uh, and he scores really well on par threes. Uh, Bez Christian Bezainhut, I think he's going to keep it rolling with our solid finish. Again, scores really well from 150 to 200. Um, scores better than you think on over 200 yards plus, despite the fact he has no length. 
uh, and just a tremendous putter on Bentgrass. And uh, like the funny thing about him is, like we he's an awesome putter, but his first two starts of the PGA Tour season, he's lost uh, strokes putting. I I, I got to think that's going to turn around at some point. And he's not drawing much ownership at all. I think he's drawing, yeah, less than six percent. So I know they have a lot of Zoysia down in South Africa too. Um, so I, I think I think he's going to be okay at this golf course. Um, all right, under eight thousand. Got to admit, don't like a whole lot down here. Unfortunately, you know, can't just load up with all eight thousand dollar guys. Otherwise, it'd be just way too easy. Well, probably not. But all right, let's start. You know, kind of close to the top here. A lot of people are hopping on Sepstraka. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't really have a qualm about it. I was on him at Sanderson because I liked how he was playing. He was on Bermuda. One thing about Sepstraka though is get him out of Bentgrass Greens. As McQuay is good. Now this isn't a putting contest though, so that might help him. The proximity stats look pretty good, at least from one fifty two hundred. The scoring stats look great for him. In 150, 200, 200 plus as well. Um, but the fact that he's popular, I think maybe that's a positional play, maybe a top 10 where you get some plus odds. And if the chalk comes through, it comes through. Uh, but maybe, you know, he does have a really bad performance here last year. Now he was playing terribly last year. That could explain it. But I think, I mean, you could also try and go with Mark Harper, who's not popular. I don't love that quite as much this week because he's really short. Um, I think that might end up biting him, even though he does score relatively well um, from overturned yards because he's such a good putter. It's not usually his nature all the good of a scrambler. Our semi rates aren't all that great. He's going to have to rely on his putting. Uh, I don't love that. You might be maybe go back to Grio. Maybe this is the type of like no nonsense plotter right in front of you golf course where he can just you know, excel with his irons uh, and score well on him. He still gained putting last week. The problem last week was actually off the tee for him. So maybe that gets turned around this week. Uh, and I think his ownership got dinged a little bit. I think he's only hanging around like 10%. Um, Kirk Kitayama burned a lot of people last week. Uh, he wasn't anywhere on my betting card, but I liked him. Um, I'm glad I chopped him at the end. But, you know, if this is a golf course where it favors length, He's got one of the better length in the field. Uh, really good from over 200. Scores really well on two, probably because he's a tremendous scrambler and can get up and down pretty easily. So he saves strokes in that manner. Now, he's a really bad putter, but again, this isn't going to be a putting contest. So can he do like a Luke List performance? Yeah, I think he could do a Luke List. I think he'd be perfectly fine. Uh, you know, this isn't going to be a cut. Hey, there's no cut, but even if there was, it's not going to be four under like it was last week. So I, I, I think Kirk Kitayama is perfectly fine to go back to. And his ownership is, where is he? Yeah, sub 10. I think that's fine. Uh, I think the guy I like down this range. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I mentioned Mackenzie Hughes. That's kind of like my little uh, you know low sevens darling. And I'm winning the tournament. Wish I put a bet on it. Say la vie. Kind of like Steven Yeager this week. Now the knock on him, inaccurate off the team. And not a whole lot of distance. But I remember that actually being perceived negative at uh, TBC Potomac back in May. It was cold, rainy, just long. We found him finishing T6 that week because he's got him just getting up and down from everywhere, hitting a bunch of putts. And it's kind of a little bit what he can do this week. Or this week. He's been playing well, too. 
Uh, you know, let's pull up some of his recent results here. So oh, hold on. I apologize. Uh, so I know he has, I think, a top 10, at least in one of his last five or six starts here. Yeah, so he finished fifth at the Rocky Mortgage, uh, 13th at Wyndham, 22nd at Barracuda. Um, you know, solid, but, you know, not spectacular start to a season, but, you know, solid. He's making cuts, T43, Fortnite, T30, Sanderson, T44, Shriners. Now, he's not really doing anything with the Irons. Uh, well, he's getting up and down pretty well. Uh, he's putting well, too. Um, and, I, you know, he tends to score pretty well on par threes. For whatever reason, he scores really well on par threes. Scores pretty well, even though he has bad proximity numbers. He gets up and down a lot. He ends up scoring pretty well compared to the field on shots over 200 plus. I kind of like him this week. And then under seven, again, not a whole like a lot. I like uh, the guy I do like is Lee Hodges, but man, his ownership looks like it's going to be through the roof. I don't know if you can do, I don't know if you can do that. Um, looks like his ownership. Well, all right. It's come down a little bit. About 12%. Not ideal. Um, I think I like Sam Ryder though. Um, you know, hit his irons really good lately. Uh, scores pretty well from 150 to 200 and 200 plus. Good putter on bent grass. Uh, I think he finished top 25 here a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year uh, at the Zozo. Um, what did he do last week? Uh, I, I I know he was up there, kind of in the mix at uh, yeah, T28, solid top 30 finish, and he's um. And he's 6,600 bucks. So I kind of like him this week. I think he's trending up. Uh, that's really going to help too. If you want to maybe jam, um, you know, Morkow and Hovland right at the top there. Uh, fitting in Sam Ryder right at the back there has helped save a little bit in the budget. Um, not really a very popular play either. Kind of like that. All right. Let's close the show with who I bet outright so far. Um, so I, I think it's no surprise based on how I spotlighted them up at the top. You kind of know where I went and how I constructed my betting card this week was um, I took a bunch, a couple of favors at the top under 30 to one last week. It was, I didn't take anyone uh, less than 50 this week. I didn't take one, anyone over 50. I think when he got essentially 20 guys can actually win this thing. It, I'm not going that far down the odds board and just how things have been for the last God year. I can always, if there's somebody who emerges, I can always bet them. Or you know what? If I like somebody way down the card, bet them position. I'll talk about them tomorrow. So starting right at the top, Cal Morikow, I found 17 to one on him. Again, I think um, he's, I, I just have a hunch. He's gonna have a good putting week. I played well here uh, last year. Just, I, it, it just it would make sense with Tiger winning, Hideki winning, Morikawa winning. Just the stud iron player wins, and I think that's going to be Morikawa this week. Seventeen one on him. Also bet Hovland. I like how uh, the around the green game tends to be trending a little more. Elite iron player. I think that's going to help his scoring numbers because he's going to be able to get up and down better. Good putter on bent grass. Played well at uh, BMW. Uh, a couple weeks ago, found 22 to one on him. I like that price. Corey Connors too. And I, I forgot to mention earlier, there's, there's this weird, like crossover between good results at the Zozo 
and good results at the Valero Texas Open. And that's strange because Valero is, I mean, it's a very driver-heavy golf course. Not the same agronomy. Not the same architect. Not, I mean, I wouldn't even compare it to, but for whatever reason, a lot of guys who have done really well at Valero have done well here. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, Tringali almost won the Valero um, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, you got Brendan Steele who always does really well there. Matt Wallace was in the mix of Valero a couple of years ago. Sebastian Munoz always seems like he's in the mix of Valero. Ian Bradley, uh, he's done well there. Uh, Tom Hoagie, I think he's done well there too. Um, and then you go back to 2019, and some more Valero guys. Uh, Gary Woodland, Blair Horschel, Corey Connors shows up there. Charles Howell III, Ryan Palmer. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, so there's a bunch of guys up top who – Tend to do pretty well there. Maybe it's a cut. Maybe there's some sort of, I mean, it's not an agronomy thing because I just said it's not an agronomy thing. But listen, I, I think Corey Connors, get him on this type of golf course, a little more his speed as far as scoring, objectives. You know, I think a green uh, complex and type might suit his game a little bit, make him feel a little more comfortable on the greens. Kind of like him this week at 28 to 1. I mean, we were trying, we've been waiting for a second win. Maybe it comes this week. And then a little bit down the card, too. Like Keegan's really chalk, but I saw 37 to one. And I just, that was one of my first bets of the week, just based on I know he's been really good here. And he's just a boilerplate template, which is what I'm looking for. Just solid ball striker. Doesn't need to be a putting contest, although he put really well a couple weeks ago. And um, at Sanderson almost won. Scores well in the par threes, scores well from over 200 yards, scores well between 150 200, like that. And then Mino Pereira again. Uh, I went back to the well on him. I played fine. He missed a couple of putts. He kind of saw that a little bit on the weekend. But 45, I found 45 to 1 on Mino Pereira. And again, in essentially a very watered-down WGC, I thought that was a disrespectful price. Last, last week, it was disrespectful. 70 to 1, played very well. I'm going to go back again. You know, maybe with if the winning score is only 18 under, I know he came close to winning that at Fortnite a couple of years ago when it was 18 under. Maybe that's a little more his speed as far as what score he has to get to kind of hold everybody off. And there's a lot to love. Scores well in par three, scores well from 150, 200, scores well from 200 plus, great proximity rates. Um, you know, the bank grass putting is all that great, about field average, but, you know, we'll see. So those are my five outrights. Morikawa 17 to 1, Victor Halbin 22 to 1, Corey Connors 28 to 1, Keegan Bradley 37 to 1, Mito Prayer 45 to 1. So tomorrow, Boston Capper and I will be back. Uh, we will break down the rest of the betting card. Uh, I will go over outrights. Let's see if I can add anybody. Probably not, though. I'm at about one and a half units. That's probably as far as I'm going to go. Um, I'll add some matchups, some props. Um, and yeah, so. All right, well, for myself and the Golf Gambling Podcast, we will talk to you tonight. night.